Love today's episode. So I know a lot of y'all collect baseball cards, and I admittedly do not know nearly enough about the hobby, and I wanted to fix that. So I called on an expert, Scott Green, president of Prospects 1500, but better known as Scotty Ballgame Breaks, one of the prominent um, breakers, to come on the show, explain the hobby to me. Let's talk about trading cards. Let's talk about the variety. Let's talk about some of the special stuff in there. And then we had a great conversation about valuation of prospects by the prospect apparatus versus valuation of a prospect's card and how they usually line up, but not every time. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As promised, we're finally having the big trading card episode. I, I know a lot of y'all uh, collect trading cards. You, you, you track these guys. And part of the reason you listen to the show is because you want to know about the players that are on the cards you have. So I brought in one of the experts, Scott Green, um, host of Scotty Ballgame Breaks, president of the Prospects 1500. I felt like there's no better person to discuss the intersection of trading cards and prospects than you. Um, so let me open with this. Um, kind of on the spot, a little impromptu. Favorite trading card that you have? What's your single favorite card? I have a David Ortiz uh, platinum. It's kind of like silver, but they call it platinum. It's a one of one serial numbered uh, autograph, and it's it's not a sticker auto. It's actually autographed on the card. Uh, and I got it. Yeah, I think I got it in a trade like a few years back. I don't even remember you know, how much I might have sent to somebody, but it wasn't a whole heck of a lot. Someone right. wanted to get it in my hands because they knew I was a big Red Sox fan. That That's probably one of my favorites. I do also have a really nice Marcelo Meyer uh, Sapphire autograph that I just pulled about a few weeks ago. And it's, it's just amazing. Uh, it's, it's red serial numbered five out of five. And it, it's a pretty huge card and uh it, you know what it might be even bigger if i graded it but i haven't done that and i don't know that i'm going to do that and we might get into that in in a little bit <laughs> yeah and and that kind of okay so as a lot of listeners know if we've had the conversation i don't know a ton about trading cards short of when i was a kid i used to go and and get cards and the you know the players that i my favorite players i'd keep the cards and the ones that weren't i'd use them for my bicycle wheel or something like that back in the 80s and 90s so Kind of like, real briefly, does does every player have baseball cards? Do most of the players, do the top prospects? How does it work as far as the availability of cards for each kind of for each player? It's a loaded question. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it depends on the kind of uh, card you you want, the companies you like, the brands that mm -hmm. that you're purchasing. Uh, I'll try to make it as simple as I can. So, for yeah. prospects. Um, you know, uh, Tops is the certified, the licensed brand for baseball cards, and Tops's brand of uh, Bowman, Bowman mm -hmm. is the 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 brand, and I'm using that word a lot. That does prospects. The yes. first Bowman logoed card for any player is one of their most sought after cards. It's their first Bowman has the logo on the card. Uh, and then they have paper versions of them. They have chrome versions. They have refractors, all different parallels. Now, the first Bowman for many players come in um, 
well, I, there are three different series basically every year. Bowman okay. has a, a flagship series they put out early in the year in like April. Then they have uh, another series called Bowman Chrome that comes out, you know, late summer, early fall. And then in December, late in the season, they have their draft product, which has the first cards of many of the players that were selected in the draft. So any one of those three series mm -hmm. might have a player's first Bowman card. Those in the hobby are traditionally the cards that people will chase and they will want to have of those players. Now, if you look at some other brands like Panini, um, they are not licensed. Onyx is another company, not licensed, but they might have these cards of players before Bowman does. So I could, uh, I think I had a Miguel Blias. Uh, he's a uh, international prospect from the Red Sox mm -hmm. from a couple years ago in Onyx. Uh, and he had some autographs. He was like 16, just signed. He didn't have a Bowman card until Bowman Chrome from this past summer of 2021. So sometimes there are other brands that will have cards before Top slash Bowman does. It's all a matter of, of what you want, why you want it. Do you want cards that might sell for more? Do you want cards that look different? It's, it's, the, it's the hobby person's preference. There you go. And, and, Quite a couple of quite a few places to go from that, but one of the things that you touched on was there's refractors, there's chromes. These are all different versions of the base card. For instance, there there are different upgrades on the card where it's there's a foil, there's a there's a hologram, some sort of additional thing added, and so that's typically more rare. Uh, how 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 rarer are those cards than the standard issue card? I would say. The the parallels, the the short prints, the the serial numbered, the, those are the cards that will will hold more value. Okay. Uh, whether whether you're just holding it for your PC personal collection or whether you're trying to sell, um, it depends on the product because what you have to do is you look at the odds that are on the packs of cards in each product, and you know the, it might say that. You know, your refractor is one in every um, 52 packs and that your your purple parallel, which a lot of times with tops are numbered to 250, those might be one in every 164 packs. And then, okay. you know, fast, that fast forward, you might have a one of one that it's the ultimate parallel that people want to get. It might be a super fractor, might be a platinum if it's if it's in the flagship product. Those might be one in every 12,522 packs. So very, very rare. the parallels could be very rare and hard to pull depending on the, the serial number. Yeah, and, and it's something where obviously these, these companies have chosen how often to do those and how frequently to do those. I know that the hobby exploded a lot during 2020. A lot of people had some disposable income. A lot of people were at home. And so a lot of these sales that were in person went online. Uh, from the trading card perspective, how did, how did the cards that you were getting and you were seeing, how did those change on account of 2020? I mean, obviously we, we had a shorter draft, so we didn't have, you know, there was no season. So I'm sure a lot of opportunities to photograph players and get autographs from players weren't, weren't there. So how did the cards you were seeing differ in that year and coming out of that? 
during the pandemic, because the hobby quote unquote exploded, mm -hmm. it was harder to get product. Right. Whether you're the, you know, the average person that wanted to just walk into a Target or Walmart and buy a blaster box for 20 or $25. Uh, a lot of times those dried up because people were just grabbing them and they were, you know, a lot of people flipped and tried to make money, you know, during, during COVID. Mm -hmm. um, but it was harder and harder to get product. Uh, someone walking into a store, someone like me who does some card breaks, uh, group breaks. Uh, I stream them online uh, at times. I have, I have a hobby family of guys that uh, we get into a lot of them together I, I publish and, and fill spots through my social media as well. So oftentimes I will get cases of product, whether I'm going to do a case break or a half case break. Uh, and I have some resources that during 2020, 2021, their prices, they started getting gouged from distributors, you know, getting less allocations. So it was harder for me to get things. So to answer your question, the cards that I was seeing, uh, they didn't look any different. The, the numbers weren't different, although they started actually producing more, um, but it was harder to get. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, the supply went up, but the demand went up a lot more than the supply did. Correct. It's There's a lot of interesting parallels. I'm a bourbon guy. And when I hear about talk about the allocation and the prices and the demand for it, there's a lot of parallels, it feels like, between trading cards and the bourbon market, especially when you get into some of the harder to find and rare bourbons and things like that. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Blue Nile. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. If you want to build the engagement ring of her dreams, Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as the setting style. And then Blue Nile's Bench Jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring is one of a kind. If you're wanting to celebrate life special moments with fine jewelry, but you're having trouble choosing, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat, to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. So, make your moments sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile Anniversary Sale. Save up 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Plus, Every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. We're talking to Scott Green, uh, host of Scotty Ballgame Breaks, president of Prospects 1500. And what I want to know is, what is the ultimate, like, the top of the line, I'm going to invest in this as a hobby, here's what I am going to do like what's the first step you're going to do do you go out and try to find a whole case do you sign up for a break like like you do how does that work the first thing i'm going to do is tell you to not use the word invest okay <laughs> fair <laughs> enough uh, and because you know it's i don't look at cards as as commodities it's a right. hobby for me other mm -hmm. people know you've got other people that are investing but this this is just me I don't grade cards a lot. I've graded cards twice in my life. Once for some personal cards that I just wanted to have them slabbed. Another time I actually pulled out five or six cards that I actually wanted to have protect, protected, thought I might sell uh, a few of them. And I know that if they got good grades, the values, I say, 
and some people get on my case for this, the values are artificially inflated when a card gets a good grade. It's the same card. Just because it's a PSA 10, does that mean it's a $2,000 card when I actually think it's a $500 card? I don't know. But if I'm selling, I'd, I'd like to have that grade. So anyway, um, I don't I don't grade a lot. I don't sell a lot. Um, but um, I, I just lost my train of thought on the question. <laughs> yeah, like somebody wanting to get into the hobby, kind of what's the structure that what's looks the like? Structure? And so, you know, what do you want to do? Do you want to build a set? Do you want to just get cards from your favorite team? Do you want to pick some of your favorite players? In our case, maybe some of your favorite prospects and just start collecting their cards and get all different ones, their first Bowman and parallels and autographs and, and maybe some, uh, some of the, when they first have their rookie cards. Rookie cards are different from first Bowman cards because some first Bowmans are when they're prospects. And then once they've reached the majors or they've debuted, then they're going to have their rookie card and have a rookie card logo on them. And all the companies do that, whether it's Topps, Bowman, Panini, they all have their own Donruss, they have their rookie card logos. So, you know, if, if I want to just invest, uh, invest there, I'm using the word again, uh, in a team, maybe I'll look around some breaks, you know, maybe mm -hmm. I'll, oh, 2021 Bowman draft had Marcelo Myers first Bowman and then some other decent Red Sox cards. Maybe I'll look for a decent price on Red Sox in one of those breaks from somebody. But you know what? I really like the the look of the Topps Heritage brand, right. which is it, it's a takeoff on a previous year's design from right now they're in the 70s. I really like the look of those cards. I want to build that set. So I might, if I buy a hobby box with 24 packs and I open the box and get 200 something cards, I'm going to get one relic or an autograph. I'm going to get a bunch of inserts not likely going to get the set. I might come 70, 75% of the set. And that hobby box is going to be about $100. I could probably buy that base set complete for 30 to 40 bucks on eBay for someone that hand collated it. Maybe they bought a case and they put together a bunch of sets and right. then they're selling these hand collated sets. So that might be a better way to go for someone who just wants to get a set. But sometimes it's more fun to actually buy the box, open the packs, you know, be surprised if you get, you know, a $3,000 autograph like I pulled from yeah. Meyer. But, you know, it, it, it's it's totally up to the person on how you want to go about it. It's it's the experience. I mean, it, you can go out and just pay the money to get the entire set. But sometimes you want the experience of opening the cards, sharing it with your kids, things like that. Exactly. Um, if somebody wanted, you know, knew that they wanted to go for their particular team, uh, and wanted to get involved in one of the breaks. Obviously, that's one of the big things that you do. Can you walk us through how a break works and you know how you assign the slots and that whole structure, how that works? I can tell you how I do it. I, okay. I, and I, it's not going to be similar for every other breaker, but right. uh, I'll give you just an example. So I have a, and, and there are different ways to do breaks. I do team and player auctions sometimes. Other times I'll just do you know straight teams so people will get all the cards from that team. Uh, it, it all depends how I want to set it up. Sometimes right. it's random, you know, and, and people just get random teams. And then other times we actually do drafts. We re randomize a draft order and then people will go down in the draft order and select the team that they want. So you don't always get the team that you really want in a draft. But for example, let's say I buy a case of, of, uh, of tops 
uh, or let's stick with prospects. Let's yeah. say I buy a, a case of Bowman, Bowman. Uh, draft that's going to come out later in December. And by the way, the, the way these prices are these days, I mean, a case of Bowman draft might be $4,500, So I might not even get a case because I just can't afford it. Well, let's right. just say two years ago when I could get a case of that for like $1,500, okay. there are uh, eight jumbo boxes in each case. Uh, jumbo box has three autographs guaranteed. So we know that there are going to be 24 first Bowman Chrome autos in this case. So that that's a draw. Mm-hmm. What I would do if I were doing, let's just say, you know, uh, random teams, I would take my cost of the case. I would add in all of the dollars that I think I would need to cover my supplies and shipping mm-hmm. and and my time. Yeah. So if 30 teams, I'm just spitballing a number out there. Let's just say it's six dollars uh, uh, for shipping supplies and then my, you know, 30 times 680, let's just say I'm going to add $200 to my cost of the case. Let's say my cost of the case was a thousand. It's not, but let's just say for the sake of argument. So I'll take that thousand dollars, the $200 that I need for supplies, shipping, my time and sorting. Sorting is a big part of it, especially when you're doing a case. So I would take $1,200, divide it by 30, and each spot is going to cost a person $40. And that's if we're doing evenly priced spots. In this right. case, that would probably be for random random teams. Right. In, in another example, I have to do some research on what checklists and what teams have the uh, better chance of getting you know, the better players, who has, who has better cards on their checklist. There might be, I mean, there was one year, I think it was 20... It was 2019 or 2020 Bowman draft where the Nationals didn't even have a player in the product. So I couldn't Mm. sell. I couldn't sell the national spot. It wouldn't be fair. The person's not going to get any cards. So, you know, and if I was doing a pick your team break in that case of of a twelve hundred dollar all in cost that I have to cover on my end, the best team uh, could be one hundred hundred twenty dollars based on supply and demand. Yeah. Yes, other teams might be 90, 85, and then some of the teams with the uh, the least attractive checklists and the, the least amount of opportunity to pull autographs or the best cards, they might be $20, $25. And so it, it varies on the type of break. So then what happens is people will, they'll send in their payment, and a lot of these breakers, myself included, I'll accept PayPal, I'll accept Venmo, um, uh, and... Once it's all paid for, we do the randomizations for teams and I will set up a, a, a stream and I will open the, the case and the boxes of cards on a live stream. I usually do it with Zoom because I like to have people involved and they can actually right. converse with me and it's kind of cool. Uh, you will not see that from most breakers. Most breakers will just stream on YouTube and they talk to comments. And, and I know you can probably understand where you see comments and you can put them up on your videos and your, in your podcast, but I don't like to just talk to comments. It's like, I'm sitting here by myself. I like right. to be with the group. Have so the community. I'll, yeah. I'll stream on zoom. I will stream on YouTube as well. Cause not everyone wants to join zoom. And then, and then, you know, after, and then we make it a fun experience. I'll have a drink. Sometimes we do drink them. If you got them breaks, um, sometimes they're late at night. Uh, <laughs> sometimes they're weekend afternoons. 
And then when we're done, I sort the cards and I ship them out to people and people will get their team or they'll get their players or, or however the format it was set up. I actually watched one about a month ago. It was about a three hour stream. And that's something where that was an entire case that, that you were breaking up. The, it was. The YouTube account, if you want it, uh, Scotty underscore ballgame. You can go on YouTube. You can watch these replays. Some of them are, you know, four hobby packs. It's 15 minutes long. Some of these, this one was a full case. It was three hours. So it's kind of cool that people can interact and can see how this works. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs your favorite sports info and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can get reviews and news for every league, Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, golf, and even eSports. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information, live in-game betting, scores, and more. And it's not just who is going to win the game. Thursday night is the is the Field of Dreams game, and they have all kinds of prop bets around the Field of Dream games. Total home runs, over under five and a half. Who was mentioned first, Ray Liotta or Kevin Costner? Which happens first, a clip of the movie or a home run? And will a home run not land in the cornfield? So, whether it's the game outcomes or fun props around the game, you can go to Bet Online. Uh, today, use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action because Bet Online is where the game starts. We're joined by Scott Green. That was very loud thunder. I'm going to edit that out probably. All right, very cool. <laughs> <laughs> We're joined by Scott Green, uh, Scotty Ballgame on 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 Twitter, host uh, host of Scotty Ballgame Breaks, president of Prospects 1500. Uh, when we talk about the the Bowman draft set that comes out in the fall. That's the one with the prospects, the guys that just got drafted. And I do want to have a little bit of more in-depth conversation about how those cards are valued. I know that a lot of your collecting is, is for your personal collection versus selling and things like that. But I'm sure that you notice the values of prices fluctuate. And given your unique position as you know running a prospect website and doing cards, do you see a correlation between the price of the cards of certain prospects and their performance on the farm systems. And as they rise up into the top 100 and become a top prospect, the card is worth more. Or are there some times where the value of a card isn't correlated with their real life performance? It's a great question. Uh, I'll just look at, uh, let's say 2020 and 2021, for example. In 2020, we had the first Bowman cards of Jason Dominguez, the Yankees. Mm -hmm. Has not debuted yet. Uh, he's in high A right now. And um, also is the first Bowman card for Bobby Witt Jr., who's already Bobby in the majors. Bobby Witt Jr., yeah. Already, already in the majors. So both of their cards were in I, – actually, I don't know that it was draft. I think it was 2020 Bowman. It was the first series that they put out that year. So both of their cards were just immediately the two most sought-after and, and most valued cards in that product. I would say now that more than two years later, uh, yet we're a little over two years since those cards came out, Wits values are probably steady with what they were or even more. Mm -hmm. Dominguez's performance, he hadn't even debuted as a rookie league guy when his card came out. He had so been it was all of the conversation and the comps about the yep. next Mickey Mantle, that yep. kind of, it, it that's why we all, don't do comps on the show, folks. All speculation. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and 
in his card values were were great. I pulled a it was in the Bowman first edition brand, which is something that they put out uh, exclusively before their regular brand comes out. It's got a first edition stamp on it. I had a paper. I had a couple of paper, just base paper. They weren't even chrome or foil uh, of, of Dominguez's first card. And I think within the first couple of weeks, I sold it for like $90 and because of the hype. Right. And if it was my only card of him, I wouldn't have sold it. But I had duplicates. I, it might be a $5 card right now. You know, it's just a base, just a base card. Um, all right. So those, that's an example from those two players where you can see kind of where the value, I think Dominguez's values, they're still up there for his first cards and his autographs and low numbered parallels, certainly, but they aren't right. what they were. And then, they aren't the crazy high speculative prices back when yeah. all we had were the unrealistic comparisons of what he was given versus the realistic look of now of probably where he is Correct. going to be as a professional. Correct. And then last year in 2021 Bowman, I believe, and people can correct me if I'm wrong, two of the biggest names in their first Bowman cards were Austin Martin of the Blue Jays at the time, since been traded to Minnesota, and Blaze Jordan of the Red Sox, uh, who was just in, in rookie league last year. So <clears throat> Jordan's doing doing well. I think today he was just promoted to high uh, single A, high A. He's promoted to high A. And um, Austin Martin traded to the uh, the Twins, and he's he's in their system, uh, I believe, double A, but hasn't made the majors yet. I don't think Martin's values are where they were. I don't think Jordan's values are where they were. It was like all this crazy hype mm -hmm. for these two fairly big names when the product came out. And these are their first cards. It's all. It's also a lot of collectors just wanting to get the card so quickly and have it. Where if you have patience in this hobby, you're going to do a lot better, I think. Although you know, and then some people will argue, heck, if I don't sell my my crazy five of five Marcelo Meyer auto now, it's never going to be worth more. <laughs> and, and three years from now, you know, it might be worth half as much as it is is now. But you know, it, it's all it's all part of you know what are you collecting baseball trading cards for understanding why you're here why you're wanting to do this and it it, it does it is really interesting to kind of think about the values of the card versus how we see the player and it's almost like the more information we have on the player then typically the less variance you're going to see in the card. The most yeah. variance in the value is while we still don't know what the player is going to be. And because like you said, it's speculation. It's it's all we have is they haven't played yet. They haven't debuted. It's speculation as to what they might be in the case of Jason Dominguez. And then if they pan out and if they're really good, like a Bobby Witt Jr., that card holds the value. So I, I can very much see the value of I'm going to wait and be patient and identify what I'm doing this for. Do I want my favorite player? Do I want my favorite team? Do I want this whole set? Because if you get into it very early, some of the prices are going to be, like you said, a little too high and they may come down later. I have, um, one, really I yeah. have one more example. Uh, okay. I just wanted to mention this guy and, and I, I noticed this today. Uh, 2022 Bowman, we have the first Bowman card of Brewers prospect Jackson Churio. Coming into this year, he, he's a good prospect. He's a good name. Probably wasn't in the top five of, of the cards that people were 
we're trying to get in this product. Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden, he is making waves. He was named to the futures game. More and more people in the prospect industry are talking about him. He's having a very successful season in the minor leagues. And today, with Baseball America drops their newly updated top 100 prospects, he lands at number two overall. Guess what card people are trying to sell all over Twitter and all over social media today and jacking up prices? Guess what? Jackson Churio of the Brewers. Is it all hype? You know, it's it's a lot of hype right now. We'll see what he does in a couple of years. Yeah, it's something where for the most part, it kind of correlates with with the prospect apparatus, as I call it, and our valuations of these players and where we think they are. Baseball America obviously goes out there and and re-rates and all of a sudden the card shoots up in value. And I'm sure there's a few examples of, you know, maybe guys who were traded, I think like an Estery Ruiz. I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not even sure if, if he had a card or not, but he's a guy who I imagine last year the card was probably a lot cheaper than it would be right now, especially if it's a card from before he was traded. Exactly. So. I, I like Estery Ruiz and I, um, and I actually bought his first Bowman Auto, which was a 2019, I don't know if it was in 2019 Bowman or Bowman Chrome, um, but I got a decent deal on it, I think on, on COMC um, for somewhere around 25 or 30 bucks just mm-hmm. you know, a few months ago. And, and he was having an amazing breakout season. And the card's probably double in price now. Yeah, it's it's just it's it seems like it's almost really hard to kind of keep track of by yourself. And it's something where you definitely need to kind of go to a professional to to help you with with the um, getting the cards through a break and things like that. If if somebody wants to get involved in breaks and wants to um, kind of work with you on your next break, how can they reach out to you? How can they follow your breaks and do all that? So the best way is to just follow me on Twitter. Most of the breaks that I do, I will post on Twitter whether uh, I will ask people to claim right in the thread, you know, whether they want a spot, if it's just, you know, if we're going to do a draft or whether they want a team, I will post if I do it priced out by teams, I'll have that listed so people can claim there sometimes. And I do have a website where I, I post a lot of my breaks as well. It's kind of a forum. If you're used to message boards, I have this platform called pro boards. And my website is also a place where I list breaks sometimes. And then when I do list them there, I will, of course, drop the link uh, on my social media so people are directed there. And that website is Scotty Ball Game Breaks, all one word, uh, S-C-O-T-T-Y, Ball Game Breaks, dot ProBoards.com. But uh, you can also see on my YouTube channel, as you said earlier, some of the previous breaks I've done, uh, links, links to the site and in my social media, mostly Twitter. I, I'm on, I don't put any of my card stuff really on Facebook. There is a whole Facebook trading card community. I just have had more, uh, more luck, more relationships, and just a better experience on Twitter. Uh, and I'm also out there on Instagram, but not much at all. And, and there is a whole community out there too. So Twitter's where it's at. Uh, again, folks, it's Scotty underscore ballgame on Twitter. Uh, Scott, thanks for being here. We really appreciate your time. And th- thank you for the knowledge. I want to have to get in on one of these breaks soon. And and at, at this point, I love all prospects. I don't even care which team I get. I just want some, I just want some cards and some players. That sounds good. And I, if I can add one more thing on prospects1500.com, yeah. mm-hmm. I do have a couple guys that do write about the hobby. We do previews 
of new Bowman products and new other products for prospects when they're coming out. So that is also something uh, to keep an eye on. And, and I really appreciate the chance to be on and talk with you. Absolutely. Thanks, Scott. Uh-huh.